Today I have a very special guest with me, first football player I have on here, so I'm excited about that. Matthew Sindrick, how are you? I'm great, thanks for having me. Excited to, excited to do this. Most people see leadership as like the rah-rah, like guy who's making a lot of noise, making the big plays. I wanted to focus more on like, what can you do? What are the little things you can do in your life or as a leader that really make a big impact? And so if you want to be a leader, like you have to come with it day in and day out. What's your definition of success? Whew. It's cool to talk about my leadership journey. You don't get to do it all the time, so I appreciate that. This week's guest is the one and only Matthew Sindrick. This episode was recorded right after he gave a speech at the second annual Cal Leadership Showcase back in May of 2022. Since he had just given that speech, we dove deeper into everything he touched on, including his three essential tips for leadership. Besides that, we talked about a lot of things and how it ties into his career so far here at Cal on the football team. We touched on doing what others won't, how to set a team culture, leading through example, his definition of leadership, and so much more. It's a great episode, especially for anyone that is aspiring to be a leader or is already a leader or a captain on their team, at work, or elsewhere. Whether you're a beginner or an expert, you can learn so much from Matthew and his journey. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. And with that being said, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. I'm your host, Fernando Andrade, and today I have a very special guest with me, first football player I have I on know. here, so I'm excited about that. Matthew Sindrick, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Excited to, excited to do this. Yeah, very excited. Um, very excited to start this new era with more football players, hopefully, but it's very special to have you on first time, for sure. I appreciate it. Um, so before we, we dive deeper into this, do you want to introduce yourself for those that may not know you? Yeah, uh, Matthew Sindrick, uh, center on the football team. Um, I'm going into my fifth season. Uh, I have two more with COVID, but we'll see how everything plays out. Um, yeah, business major and then headed into a master's in sports and education soon. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we we mentioned, we were talking about it right now with that master's in education. I mean, some of the Best guests I've had on here, including Cam Rogers. I mean, she's been on here the most out of anyone. Yeah. So she's going to be going deeper into that and so many others will as well. So that, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, the The main reason I, I wanted to talk with you, I mean, I've, I've known you for a while now, but the thing that impacted me the most recently was the Leadership Showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it last year and something that I started with speaking of Cam Rogers, actually. So the first year it was... I was in it, uh, Kat Rojas was in it, Cam Rogers was in it, and Cam Condo was in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I want to dive deeper into this leadership showcase with yeah. all of them. And they were all here on the podcast. This year, I want to do the exact same thing, invite everyone back. Um, obviously, I'm close with Christian. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll be back in the summer. Hopefully, Andrew will as well. But what impacted me so much about yours was how similar my story has been to yours and I want to learn from that and, and see how, how you got there. So before we dive deeper into that leadership showcase, take me through your childhood, how you got into football. Was it through family, through mm-hmm. somewhere else? How was that like for you? Yeah. So my dad uh, played division three football actually in West Virginia. So he's from Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, middle, middle class family. Uh, and so, you know, everything's football out there, the Steelers, um, everyone loves it. So he grew up playing all sorts of sports, but football was his favorite. So growing up, I had two older sisters, so no football from them, obviously. Um, but my dad uh, had me in all the different sports. And I still remember the first day they had like a little combine for the little kids uh, to go out there and try out for the different teams. And I remember hitting the pad 
and just being so excited to like hit something. And uh, I don't know, I just loved it. Uh, and I would say off the field, I'm not a super aggressive guy, but I love that kind of outlet to kind of just go hit people. Um, so that's kind of where it first started. Uh, I was, I'm, I'm a big guy. I've always been kind of ahead of the curve size wise. So that kind of fit well for football. Um, and then, yeah, just high school. Uh, I kind of got lucky with uh, recruiting and everything. I had a guy that was a year older than me that had offers from everywhere in the country. So all the high school coaches would come in, or all the college coaches would come in, and my high school coach would let me um, talk to them. Um, and so got to meet a lot of those coaches, and luckily got a few offers and uh, ended up here at Cal and uh, been grateful to be here and best decision of my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Something that I can relate to a lot in my own leadership process is how relatable my high school experience has been to my college experience. For example, mm -hmm. freshman year, I was lost. Sophomore year, I learned. Junior year, things started working out for me. How was your high school experience? Honestly, I would say it was quite different than my college experience. Um, I think high school, especially football, um, you know, just being kind of one of the better guys on the team, you're just kind of thrown into the leadership role. Um, so early on, I was kind of thrust in that. I was a captain as a junior, um, and I was a key contributor to our state championship uh, runner-up as a sophomore. So it was just kind of easy for me. It didn't really, I didn't really have to work to be a leader. Um, it was just kind of position given to me, and then I just kind of followed the model um, of the older guys. Um, and so college has been quite a bit different uh, just because you get here and everyone's good. I mean, uh, there wasn't a play I didn't play, you know, play in. I played the whole game in high school. I get here and I'm on the bench starting and redshirting. So you really have to earn that leadership. And there's there's a lot of guys who want to be leaders. High school, I felt like a lot of guys wanted to be kind of the role players. They didn't necessarily want to step up. And so you kind of had to. Coaches kind of like pushed you to do it because they knew you had to do it. But I feel like college, it's been like, I have to work for this. And I've had some really good older mentors um, who have been really good leaders. But it also makes it tough because you can't really quite step up into that role until they're gone. So, or And you can be a leader, but to be the guy, it's just a little bit different when they're still there. You don't want to step on toes. It's just it's hard because you kind of have to find that mesh point. So that's I feel like that's been the big difference for me is college. I've really had to work for it, really had to earn the trust uh, in that leadership role versus high school. It's, you're kind of given it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a awesome way to, to put it, like having to earn it versus it just being a given. Yeah. Um, I didn't explain well, but same situation, my high school experience, I was starting every single minute, no question about it, captain since day one, not a question, yeah. right? I was struggling more in like my high school experience, I would say, but in terms of soccer, it was set. I get here, same exact thing, yeah. not a single minute, redshirted freshman year as yeah. well. Um, so, so yeah, that's definitely been an experience the, the extra year with COVID yeah, as well. So sure. I'm in a very similar place to you. Um, but to just head into the Cal experience, when did you get recruited by Cal and when did you commit? Like what stage yeah. of high school was that at? So, um, kind of going, my first offer was right after my sophomore year. So that's kind of when, and before that, I like, I had no idea that I was good enough to play college football. Like. When I got offered, I was like, whoa, like I didn't even know like that was a possibility. And so that's kind of when I was like, okay, maybe I can do this thing. Um, and then after my junior year, um, I got a wave of offers and Cal was one of them. And I, I still remember that day getting the call and like, I was actually at the gym working out and I like run to the bathroom. I see the coaches calling me. I'm like, what's up coach? He's like, Hey, you know, we would, we'd love to offer you a scholarship. So that was a really cool moment. Um, and then just kind of going over, 
Uh, my dad is he's a big spreadsheet guy, so he had me making a spreadsheet, all the pros, the cons for every school. But I still remember the visit to Cal like being just kind of it just kind of blew me away. Um, a funny thing is I don't I didn't realize till I got there like that you could really see San Francisco. Like I didn't realize how like in the bay Cal was. Um, so I remember going up to the top of the stadium, seeing the whole view, and I was like, whoa, like this is the place I want to be at. Uh, and actually in high school too, I was really big into this uh, business program. It was called DECA, and it was kind of a mock business uh, competition. And so doing that, I knew I wanted to study business. And Cal was by far and away the best business school of all the places I got offered. So that that also really made a huge impact on my decision. Uh, so then just coming down to it, uh, I knew I had to make a decision soon. Cal had already brought in four guys at my position. So I knew by the summer before my senior year, I was like, all right, if I want to go here, I got to do it or else they're going to fill up all the spots. So I called the coach and I went for it. And uh, luckily, like I said, best decision I've ever made. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So many things there that I can relate yeah, to yeah. From, from the spreadsheet. Yeah. Not even kidding. Like my dad made me do the best uh, business schools or, or same yeah. thing, best universities, and then best soccer teams and like yeah. how that ties in together. And then that's how I would go about it. Or um, what, what else did you mention? Like something that, that's surprising to me, actually, did you not have the goal in mind of playing collegiate football or, or like, yeah. did you just not think it was possible? It, it's, it's, it's weird. I think growing up, so my high school, uh, growing up won bunch of state championships, like was, was like number one quarterback in the nation, like multiple times. Um, and all I wanted to do was play for that, that high school team, the skyline Spartans. All I wanted to do was be a Spartan play on Friday nights. Like that was my goal. And so I think that sophomore year I'd finally made it to varsity. And that was like, I made it like I did what I wanted to do. And I'm, you know, helping the team win. And like, that was the coolest thing for me. So I think I was just almost caught off guard that the next goal came that fast. Like I didn't even have time to process that. Okay. What's the next step? I was so focused on the step I was on there and just enjoying it that I didn't even like come to know that there was a next step uh, because I guess I got offered pretty early. So that was, I think, kind of why I didn't necessarily, like the goal was in the back of my mind. My neighbor played college football, so I like I always wanted to be like him, but I wasn't there to the point where I was like, all right, I need to get this offer. I need to work hard to get this offer. I was more working hard just to play on Friday nights. That's crazy. Okay, yeah. so so you had that dream and, and you were so focused on it that the next phase just came in so quickly yeah. after thinking about this for so many years growing up. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Um, what, what else was I going to ask you? Oh, in, in what you just said, four people getting recruited in your position. Yeah. Did that make, give you any doubts or, or what was that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely... So the offensive line, you got tackles, guards, centers. And so I knew two of those guys were going to play tackle. So I didn't have to worry about them too much. The other three could have played my position. So I knew like, okay, I'm going in with a little bit of a risk, right? Like these guys, there's going to be a lot of guys to compete with my grade. But what the coach had laid out to me was, okay, after your freshman year, there's going to be like five or six guys graduating. So you're going to have a chance to play like right away. And so that was what was most appealing to me is like I was I was going to have to compete with people my age, like my same, uh, you know, they had the same amount of time to get to the same point as I did. So I was more concerned with beating those guys out. It would be, be much harder to beat out those guys who have been there for a while, who have studied the playbook, 
been that system. So that was really the best situation for me because I could get that after that redshirt year, that opportunity to play right away against guys who have only been there for a year versus having to compete against guys who've been there three, four years. So you knew you were going to redshirt right off the game. Yeah, I knew I, there was a, a good chance I would redshirt. And granted, you know, if you're good enough, they're not going to redshirt you. But I knew there was a pretty good chance I would redshirt. I didn't know the effect it would have on me, you know, just kind of like being having to sit on the bench. Uh, you know, it's, it's much harder when you're actually in it. Um, but, yeah, I knew that the chance for me to play was most likely, likely going to come in that second year. Okay. And... Once again, just talking about your your high school experience. Yeah. I mean, academically, at least in college, you've been amazing on that end as well. So how were you as a student athlete back in high school? And what was your mentality work rate-wise and, and yeah. things like that? Well, so uh, I always say this. I have two older sisters, and they were stud uh, stud scholars. So uh, they kind of showed me the way. <clears throat> I mean, I remember my sister out, but like, you know, I'd go down to get water before bed and she'd be still studying at like 1230, you know. And so that kind of <clears throat> motivated me to do the same thing. And I always wanted to get good grades. I had I had good grades in high school. And I always knew. And once I got that offer, coaches were like, keep your grades up, keep, keep your grades up. Like if you want to go places, like keep those grades up. Um, and so I think I really do think my grades gave me more opportunities than maybe even I deserved as a as a football player. Um, and so that was really the goal for me and the drive for me was just to kind of follow after my sisters and, um, and, you know, and get those good grades so that more offers could come. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why I love Cal so yeah. much, honestly, because I am definitely that student athlete, or at least I, I'd yeah. like to think so. And, and I'm so obsessed with that idea of what yeah. a true student athlete is. You know, I don't know if you, uh, follow or, or have, you've definitely seen him probably, but like David Goggins and, yep. and how he talks about the legend he built in his head of the Navy SEAL. I've built my own legend yeah. of what the D1 student athlete is supposed to be. And obviously you get here, and that's not necessarily the case for yeah. many people, but for many others, it is. And yeah. and the work they're putting in is, is crazy. Um, your, your way of saying it with a stud scholar is a, is yeah. a it's a cool way to say nerd, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but, exactly, yeah. But this week, like, it's finals week right now, and, and I was studying with a friend, and to me, the same work rate that student athletes have in their own craft was insane to me to realize that some students are doing the exact same thing work rate wise yeah in their studies and yeah. i was like that that's what's so special when, about this place it's funny i saw a tiktok the other day i was like it said uh the hardest working people are student athletes during dead week or finals week and it's so true because like there's a lot of stuff you kind of have to catch up on you know you might leave some stuff to the very end and uh, I mean, I'm sure you've been there. You go into the, the student athlete like study center and you see people there like 10 hours and you're like, how are you still studying? But like, it's, it's true. It's like their grind is unreal. And it inspires me when I go in there. Cause I'm like, okay, if that person's studying like that, like I got to do it. And like you said, at Cal, it, like it's a place like none other, like we have guys transfer, we have recruits come in and it's like, it's not the same at other places. Like people don't take it this seriously. People don't work this hard academically. Like they want a lot of other places. They want the easy route. And like people here, they, they want the hard route. Like it's pretty cool to see and it's inspiring. Yeah. It's crazy how we all accept the challenge and it's like literally every single yeah. person. And I think we take it for granted super easily here. But as soon as you start talking to friends from other schools or you see a bit of someone else just through siblings or friends yeah. or whatever it is, they ask you, like, is UC Berkeley as hard as it seems to be? Yeah. And we ask them, well, what's hard to you? And they tell you, and it's like, yeah, then it definitely <laughs> yeah. is hard compared to, to, to yeah. what you're doing and what you're used to. So 
it, it's just special, and it, it's nice to see that you were like that in, in high school. Yeah. You show up freshman year. You know you're probably going to get redshirted. Yeah. What was that experience like? You talked about how it impacted you. Yeah. And, I mean, again, I can relate to that. So how how did you deal with that redshirt year? Yeah, I mean, it was tough. Um, I think the toughest part about it was a lot of my closest friends, freshmen, um, got to be on the travel squad, and I didn't. So it was, the toughest part was, like, those weekends where you're like, I just want to be traveling. Like, I just want to be with the guys. Even if I'm not playing, like, I want to be with the guys. So you definitely have this, like, weird dynamic where you kind of feel disconnected from the team but looking back at it I realized it was the best thing for me like like you know that anything that ever happened I know people that's a very cliche thing to say but like those Saturday nights where like you could go out and have some fun when the team is like playing like that built up my social network as a freshman like I got to meet a lot of people um, have a lot of friends some of those guys I went out with are still some of the best friends uh, I have today uh, also you just get to kind of have a year where there's no pressure. Like, all you're focused on is getting better. And that's, like, something a lot of athletes don't get is there's a lot of times there's, like, okay, I need to be working because if I don't do this, like, someone else is going to beat me out. Or, like, on Saturday, if, if I don't, like, do all this film study today, on Saturday, like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, lose my rep. And so to not have that pressure, it's, like, a very relieving feeling, and it changes it changed my mindset on, like, how to approach things. Like, I didn't want that pressure I felt in high school to be the best player all the time, like, ever again. After I kind of had that, like, moment of, like, oh, like, this can be, like, fun. Like, I can just have fun and, like, get better. And so that's what really helps me now is I try not to have that, like, um, anxious mindset of, like, okay, if I don't do this now, like, it's not going to work out later. I try to have that, like, all right, I'm just going to come here. I'm going to get better today, and I'm going to leave, and I'm going to be happy with what I did. That is what I've learned this year, actually. I was laughing right now when you were talking about it not because it's a cliche but because it's the exact same thing for me I was not on the travel roster freshman year I redshirted and it was like the best thing that happened to me because it made me feel hungry for the first time ever it instilled a fire in me that I've never had because I've never I had never struggled in my life up until that point which sounds ridiculous to say but it's the truth honestly like everything used to work out for me and it's the first time it didn't um and to me, it was the best thing that happened because yeah. I needed to learn that one way or another. But in a way, I feel like this, it's my junior year right now, yeah. but it's my first full academic year yeah, yeah. here in person at Cal. And I didn't learn that what you just said until this year. Uh, I, I consider it my freshman year in a way, honestly, because I redshirted, came back during COVID, tore my meniscus. That affected my fall season in junior year, so this mm-hmm. past uh, season. And now I have senior year left, and like you mentioned, two redshirt years as yeah. well. So I have so much time, and it's like this is my freshman year in a way. And, and I literally just learned that you have to have fun and take that pressure yeah. away. How was how that realization for you, and how has that helped you as an athlete? <clears throat> yeah, I think it's helped me in a lot of ways. Um, I think just like especially one big thing is practice. Like as a football player – like you don't really play many games like 90% of what you do is practice so if you're going to go into every practice like you know oh I messed up on that one play you're going to forget about the 95% of good things you did and so it's that kind of having that mindset of like oh I did 95% of things really good today versus like that 5% was so bad and then once you have that you're like okay I'm getting better like it went from 95 to 96 you know what I mean and then hey you had one bad day that's okay I was 95% better yesterday. And you know that you can keep building off that. And that's what's important is 
just knowing that you're constantly building and improving. And if, if you go a few steps back, you know you're all right because you've shown yourself that you can get better and better and better versus the that mindset where like, oh, you know, I did something bad today. Like, shoot, coach is going to hate me. It's like, it's never going to do you any good. It's in the past. Like, how is it, is, it going to help you? Um, it's just, it's more about having that like, hey, I've done this before. I've been 95% good. I'm going to just keep trying to improve a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's something I used to think about a lot is you mess up on a drill, let's yeah. say. That's 10 seconds of your day. Yeah. How are you going to allow 10 seconds of your day to mess up 24 hours exactly. in a day? Like, that, that just shouldn't be the case, and it's the point you're yeah. saying, and I fully agree with it. I just think the realization of it is very difficult. Like It is. Well, how did you manage that? Whenever you have messed up, and, and it is at 5%, how do you shift your mindset to the next play? I just try to, I mean, I, th- I think I do a few things. I try to, like, just put a smile on my face. There's a power in smile. It's like, all right, I'm smiling. Like, I'm looking around. Like, I'm at a place that when I was a little kid, I would have loved to be at. So that kind of helps me just kind of forget about the bad thing that just happened and me realize, like, hey, just be in the moment here. Um, I think another thing that I kind of, I like to do is just be like, all right, I'm going to do that much better this next play. I'm going to prove myself after this wrong play. I'm going to prove it that I can be, that I don't, like, I, that was a one-off, you know? So it's just, like, about proving it. Like, if you get in the huddle and then you're you're still worried about the, the last play, you're not going to have the focus you need for that, that next play uh, ahead of you. So that's the big thing is, like, five-second rule, forget about it, move on. Yeah, again, five-second rule. Like, yeah. the, the thing that I have in my mind is if it's not going to matter in five years and don't think about it more yeah. than five minutes or something like I love that, that, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what's helped me. But again, it's harder to do uh, than it is said, right? Yeah. But another thing, I have a question for you. It's more of a conversation right now, but, yeah. but it's fine. Um, with messing up in practice, I'm sure that the same as in any other team, there's comments from teammates or, or coaches or whatever. Yeah. How do you block that out or do you actually take it in? I love it. I think it's what makes practice fun. Like, if you're just going out there and it's silent and it's, like, I, I just don't find it to be very fun. I think it's, like, it's a game. You should, like, you should get some comments. It should fuel you. Um, I love talking a little trash. Like, <clears throat> nothing too crazy, but just enough to poke fun. And I think if you're too silent, if you're too uptight, like, that's when you're going to start to think about those bad plays. If you're playing loose, you're just having fun. It's, like, all right, they got me on that one. I'm going to go get them again. And, and that kind of back and forth can be can be a really fun uh, way to play the game. And I think it can help you uh, with your overall performance. I love that. I love that. Yeah, the last spring uh, game that we had this season, um, I personally came off and just was in my own head. Like, it is the worst I've played in a long time. I got in my head, and something I do a lot is reflect and, and write. And I just wrote in my notes, right, that... I, I, my realization and my takeaway from that game is that I was so uptight and that I just needed yeah. to let loose. And I wrote, if life is a game, then get up, have fun, and play. Yeah. And it's exactly what Love you're that. saying. And, I mean, I haven't applied it yet because that was only two weeks ago. Yeah. But it's the same thing, right? If, if life is going to be a game, then let's play. If life is going to be a party, then let's yeah. dance. And, and it's what you're saying, and I'm yeah. hoping I can put it into practice. But it's awesome yeah. to, to hear from you. Yeah, no, it's really hard to put in practice. It takes It takes a while. Um, I think it helps when you, it, it, no doubt it helps when you have a solidified spot on the team. And I think that's, that's a tough, it's tough when you're trying to work your way in because those small mistakes in your head, you feel like they really, really matter. 
Um, but the best thing to do is just not look over your shoulder. Like when you're tempted to look over your shoulder at your coach, just like force yourself to stay forward because there's a likely chance he didn't even see it or she didn't even see it. So uh, just keep your head, you know, keep it straight and focus on what you need to do. Yeah, that's very important. And then you also talked about like thinking of how your younger self would be so happy yeah. to just be here right now and just have fun and, and yeah. make the best of it. How do you put that into perspective? Do you practice any journaling, gratitude, meditation, or is it just something that comes naturally to you? Uh, I've done gratitude journals in the past. Um, I think it, it's helped me. I don't do it consistently. Uh, but I think I just do it on those days where you're like, oh, I don't want to be out here. I just try to I try to remember that. I try to keep it in the back of my head. Like, Just take a, take a deep breath, look around. I mean, we play in one of the most beautiful stadiums, I think, in the Pac-12, and if not the country. Uh, with the scenery around it. So I just like to take a, a look around and just be like, all right, like your old self would have loved, you know, your younger self would have been uh, amazed to be here. So why not just have some fun today? Yeah, I think perspective truly is everything because sometimes yeah. you're so close to the tree that you can't take a step back and see the entire forest, yeah, per se, yeah. you know, and it's just like enjoying the moment. But I think this whole thing sets it up pretty well to dive into your whole journey yeah. as a student athlete, but more specifically as a football player, yeah. D1, Pac-12, big name. Um, and I think that a good way to go about this is through your leadership showcase. So mm -hmm. do you want to like give us a sense of what you were trying to get across um, with that message? Yeah, I, so I, when I was asked to do the leadership showcase, I really wanted to talk about something that I felt like everybody at the meeting could put into practice. And I wanted to talk about it I wanted to talk about my journey through <clears throat> like the actions I tried to take. And so I was thinking about it um, and I really wanted to go into like what people would describe as like leadership on the margins. So, you know, most people see leadership as like the rah, rah, like um, guy who's making a lot of noise, making the big plays, uh, making a tough decision. But I wanted to focus more on like, what can you do? What are the little things you can do in your life or as a leader that really make a big impact. Um, and so I, I kind of went on this thing about um, like really cons being consistent in the details, looking for things that other people wouldn't look for, doing things that other people wouldn't do. Um, and in that way, that's like the strongest form of leadership. Wow. Yeah, that, that definitely made you stand out. And I love how you said it in the margins and things yeah. like that. Um, when did that start throughout your collegiate journey? Yeah, so uh, my freshman year... Um, we had this guest speaker, Ryan Leaf, uh, who I mentioned in the, in the presentation itself, but he uh, was like this big quarterback was supposed to be like first round or he was a first round pick supposed to be this big star. <clears throat> and he actually kind of busted like he played only a handful of games, didn't do very well. Life spiraled down, went to jail, drugs, everything. And so he came and talked to us. He's now an ESPN anchor doing really well, loving family. Um, and he was talking about like kind of the struggle he went through as that first round pick and then how he kind of climbed his way out of it. And he talked about, he's like, you know, when I have a Q-tip and I'm, and I throw it away, if it doesn't go in the garbage can, I make sure to go grab it and put it up and put it in. Cause like that right there tells my character who I am. Like I'm taking responsibility for all my actions and like no one else has to clean up for my mess. And so it was a metaphor for something much bigger, but like, even now, like, if I throw something away and it misses, like, I, that always rings in the back of my head. I'm like, all right, I got to go pick it up and put it in. Because it's, it's all about, like, taking responsibility for your actions and, like, building your character uh, that way. It's the atomic habits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. That, that's awesome. 
um, with you, you broke down your presentation. Actually, let me take a, a quick moment just yeah. to tell people. So the leadership showcase, it's uh, four student athletes from Cal mm -hmm. get selected out of the nine, 930 total. There's a good amount of nominations, 30 plus, um, and you guys get selected just to do a, a little presentation or, or speech, um, TED, TEDx style speech, yeah. um, and it's about 10 minutes and it's in front of an audience, which was very nice to see yeah. see you there and in your presentation, this is what we're talking about yeah. right now. But the, the way you broke it down, you broke it down into three pieces and that, that was the first one. Yeah. So how did you start applying that your freshman year? You mentioned uh, that in your freshman year, again, we know you redshirted, but you also started taking a leadership role. Yeah. How was that that you, you landed that? Yeah, so I was selected to the leadership committee the spring of my freshman year, so after that first season. And so um, the leadership committee is just like group of 10 guys talk with head coach, like, hey, what's going on? Like, do we need anything? Um, it's, it's a pretty cool position, um, and it's like something, you know, guys on the team strive to probably, probably be on and – uh, I was super happy to be selected and like, but then like I quickly realized like, why am I here? Like I've done nothing kind of, as I mentioned before, like redshirt year done nothing. Um, and so I think it was really cool to see, like looking back at it, the mentors I had are the people who like saw it in me that like I could do it. And they like saw the small things I talked about. And like, those were the guys that like advocated for me. And now like, I just try to kind of do what they did. Like I try to emulate that in a way. Like I want to be the guy that brings up those younger guys that like shows them these, like these small things that they can do to be leaders. Cause like I said, it on a football team, hundred guys, like it's really hard to be a leader, especially when you're not like the star on the team. Like we've had captains on the team that, and not to like throw any shade or anything, but like not necessarily the best leaders, but they were by far the best football players. So like, you want those guys to be on the front lines, to be like the guys advocating for the team. Um, but you can build that leadership role early, build that like leadership seed. So then once you get to that point where you're like, okay, like I'm, I can be a dude now, like guys really see you in a different light than some of the other leaders where it's like, oh, he's just captain because he's really good. Yeah. You know, and so that's, I really appreciate those older guys seeing that in me because if I wasn't added back then, I don't know if I'd be the leader I was today. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. That, that impacted it so much. I have a phrase here on the podcast. It's study the greats to one day become one. Yeah. And it's sick to see it from you because you studied the greatest on your team mm -hmm. and you're one of the greats right now on that team, yeah. passing it on, paying it forward, if yeah. you will. Uh, so, so that's awesome to see and how it was recognized. You mentioned leaders. Um, were you a student of leadership at that age back then? Did you have any mentors, anyone you looked up to? Yeah. Uh, there was a few guys I definitely looked up to and um, one of them, uh, was Kevin Knox. Uh, he was our chaplain, um, really inspiring, uh, individual. Like he, every time he talked to us, he'd come with the, come with the fire, a big focus on like focus on what matters. Um, you know, talking about like really diving into like who you are and like how that, um, is going to propel you forward. Um, and so he was a really good role model, at non-football. And then looking at football, like I, the cool thing about that leadership committee is it's 10 guys. So you can really like pick and choose kind of what you like leadership style from a lot of different guys. Like um, Mike Safel is a guy who uh, very well known around Cal campus. Uh, now one of the coaches, like I learned a lot for him uh, about like um, vocal leadership, 
um, kind of how to present yourself. Um, he's very, he's, he, out of anybody I've ever met, he commands a room like I've never met. And so like learning how to do that was really inspirational. Um, it really like helped me on my journey. Um, we also got, had guys like, um, Jake Curhan and, uh, let's see, Cam Bynum, um, Elijah Hicks, who are all just like the hardest working guys I've ever seen. And like those guys were like details in the small things. And like, you would see them, you'd be on a Saturday, you'd be going to the stadium to get like, I don't know, something from your uh, locker and they'd be doing footwork drills. And it's like, those are the small things that you see and they add up. And like being in that leadership community, like you really, you really saw like their mindset and how you could apply it to your own life and leadership style. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways uh, for there to be leadership, right? Yeah. It's lead through example, lead vocally, lead mm -hmm. however. Yeah. Um, when it comes to leadership, what is your personal definition of it? Um, who I, Going off those uh, examples, I, I think leadership is best done through example. I think people really um, learn through like seeing um, like visual learners. I think there's more visual learners out there than any other type of learners. And so like if, if the things you do as like an older guy, like people are going to see it and like want to start doing those same things. And even if you're a younger guy, you can lead older guys if you're pushing yourself and that older guy's like, oh, shoot, like, if this young guy's doing it, like, I got to do it too. And so I think lead through example is, is kind of like the way I see leadership, like, best done. Um, and it's, like I said, it's all those small things. Like, I mentioned in the speech, it's like remembering names, like using names of people, like showing that you care. Um, it's also about, like, um, like details and, like, what people need. Okay, this guy needs a car ride. Like, let me give him a car ride. Like, those small things, like what, how you act in the locker room, what you say, do in the locker room, like those things really matter and people are going to see how you do it. And if they like it, they're going to start implementing it. And then that's how you set a culture. And so leader, leaders really set cultures through their actions. I love that. And it brings back to mind uh, a book I read to prepare for the showcase. Yeah. It's called Servant Leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of different authors in collaboration. But the main guy that organized it all is John C. Maxwell. I don't know if you're familiar uh, no, with No, I'm not familiar. Okay, he's great leadership yeah. uh, mentor in all aspects, has plenty of books. Um, and I saw something from him in this week that says, leadership is not title, it's not a role, it's not a place, it's not any of that. It's influence. Yeah. And it's what you're saying with yeah. team culture, right? Like it could be through example or verbally, but mm -hmm. a leader is someone that has some sort of influence yeah. that could be positive or negative, but that is leadership at it, at its core. And it's, it's what you're saying. So throughout that freshman year, it sounds like you had amazing leaders that you could mm -hmm. look up to that set that tone for you. Yeah. Um, you come off of a difficult fall, in the spring, how were things for you? Were you getting more yeah. reps, more more time? Yeah, I was. So a lot of those guys had graduated, just like the kind of coach had kind of uh, planned out. Um, and we even had a few guys, <clears throat> unfortunately, out with injuries. So, like, I was thrust, like, into the first team. Like, I didn't think I was ready for it, but, like, thrust in there. And I, it's funny you say that because I, I was watching my old tape because I was with one of the freshmen, he's like, Oh, I've been struggling, like, I just want to get better. It's really frustrating. I was like, all right, let's pull up my spring tape. Let's see how I was doing. And, uh, my first, like, the five plays we watched, I was terrible. And I was like, dude, look, like, you're going to get better. Like, look how bad I was. And so it was it was cool to kind of be in, like, okay, I'm in a position where I know I can play now. Like, I'm starting to play with the ones, and that really grew my confidence. Um, but I still had a long way to go, and I knew that. And that was... I think it was really good for me because 
that was kind of what lit the fire for me a little bit different than you but it was like okay like i am expected to be in this role now i really gotta go like i really gotta like i have some catching up to do so that summer like i gained i think i gained like 10 15 pounds like got way stronger way more in shape and that was kind of what lit the fire for me was like dude like you're gonna be with the ones like you gotta prove it you gotta keep going yeah, I, I actually did see that, that, I mean, it according to your bio, that you were 270 and, and you're yeah. up now at, what, 295? Yeah, 295. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, that's that, that says a lot of yeah. how much work you had to put in, because I know it's not easy. Yeah. Um, I do it in the opposite side, yeah, I try yeah. to lose it, right? But yeah. but it, it is very difficult. Yeah. It's not something that's easy, and it shows a lot of strength, growth. There's a lot of discipline behind yeah. that. It's not only the gym, it's nutrition and, and A lot of PB&Js. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, how tall are you? Uh, just under six, four. I, I just say six, four. Okay. We'll say six, six, four, six, four. You're six, four, two ninety five. Yeah. PB and J's. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. And throughout that time, you mentioned your social life was uh-huh. great. Was that a reflection of the confidence that you were gaining on the field? Yeah. Well? Yeah. I've definitely had like, a, not maybe roller coaster, but I've definitely had like an interesting social dynamic, uh, during my time at Cal, like. That freshman year, that fall was, like, really fun. Even through the spring, really fun. Like, love to go out. Like, it's new. Like, college is new. And, you know, you experience a lot of things. And then as I've gotten older, I've kind of weaned off that side. And I've really enjoyed, like, going to a setting where it's, like, 10 people. And I know eight of them. And I get to meet two new people. Versus, like, I'm in this room with 150 people that, I, you know, I don't know. And I'm, like, kind of meeting somebody, you know. You know, so... Um, yeah, during that time, I think my social life was great, but like, as I've gotten older, I've leaned more towards like, just like really getting to know people. And like, that's, what's fun for me versus like going out and just, you know, going to the frats or something like that. But I I think as most people would have that same experience getting older, like there's just, there's places where, you, you know, it's new and exciting and it's fun. Um, and that's something you love to experience when you're a freshman, but as you get older, it's like, Hey, maybe I'm going to settle down a little bit. Maybe go out one time this weekend instead of, you know, three. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That, that's awesome. Um, I mean, I can't really relate to the going out to the yeah. France and stuff. That's just not who I am. Yeah. But I can relate to what you were saying and just wanting to meet people on a more personal. Yeah. I mean, it's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Right. But but yeah. Um, and last question for your freshman year. Yeah. All that's going great. Social life seems fun. Yeah. Uh, football starting to work out for you. Yeah. Uh, in terms of academically and extracurricular activities, how are things going for you? I know you're big on academics. Yeah. And you are involved. So. Yeah. How was that back then? It was. It was good. It was still new. Like you're. You're still trying to figure out. Like okay, how do I study? Like my first math sixteen A test, I failed. So, uh, you know, you're still learning things. Um, but it was good. I had good tutors and. Um, you know, I was working my way through it and I was fairly happy with how I was doing. Um, and then in terms of extracurriculars, I was involved. I got involved with athletes in action pretty early on. Um, so joined my freshman year and that's, um, the Christian athlete group here on campus. Um, and so that was a really cool kind of connection point to kind of meet new people, um, get to talk to some older guys, have some more mentors in that group. Um, but I didn't really start diving into that fully till probably later in my sophomore or junior year. So even though I was there, it was kind of one of those like, hey, I know you, but I don't quite know you. Um, so I was I really got involved uh, later on. So extracurricular weren't huge my freshman year. Um, 
but I think it's tough as a freshman. It's like you come in and like there's a lot thrown at you, and you're like, okay, like do I have time for other things? And then as you get older, you kind of realize, okay, like I do have time for other things. Like I know how to handle my business. I have like these routines that I have set. Like I can join those extra stuff. That extra stuff. Yeah, freshman year it's it's very tough, especially like in high school. You're coming off of a. Your, your peak in high yeah. school and senior year, and then you start back at the bottom in, in college, and obviously it's very hard. Yeah. Um, but that's the first point you got across, the little yeah. atomic habits, everything you learned, the mentors. Yeah. What, what's the second point in your in the leadership showcase, and how does that progress throughout your collegiate career? Yeah, so that second point, I already kind of touched on it, was like kind of that, like those small things, like, uh, like remembering names, and um, what was the second one? It was... Uh, like noticing small needs or how you are in the locker room. And so like how I really saw that, like helped me take off my career is like, once you get better and more comfortable, like doing those things, like they become almost second nature for you. And then you're not focusing so hard on like, okay, I got to remember this person's name or like, uh, like I got to see like who needs a ride or like, how am I going to act in the locker room? Like, what do I say? Like those become sec that becomes second nature. So it's just, that's just who you are. You become it, and then you can really dive in and focus on the things that, like, are next level. So that's kind of like the base level, right? So then you're, like, working up this pyramid of, like, okay, now I can really focus on, like, okay, the technical things I need to get better on in my sport or, you know, how I uh, schedule my weekends. And then next is, like, okay, how I eat or, like, um, you know, watching that extra film. So it's like those extra things in the pyramid. So I, I felt like I laid a good foundation for myself on like how I wanted to be a leader. And then I could kind of work my way up that ladder of like doing the next, that, that next thing that would really help me propel. So it's setting that strong foundation yeah. that sets it all. So it's basically what you're saying is leadership needs to become a habit and for everything yeah. else to work. I think so. Yeah. If, if you have a good solid, uh, base level of leadership and like how you um, like do things, you're going to be able to propel yourself into other aspects of improving because you have that base layer set. Yeah. And once you did have that and once you were building your pyramid, it's your redshirt freshman season, yeah. uh, fall 2019. Yeah, 19. How did that go for you? What was that experience like finally getting to play? Um, it was pretty cool. I think the weird part about it is like, that for that fall camp, like for half of it, I wasn't starting. And then one of our guys actually uh, hurt his knee, was out for the year. And so like I kind of got thrown into it a little bit late where I almost didn't have too much time to like even process the fact that I was going to like go and be starting in a college game. Um, and that season was definitely like some ups and downs. Like do I think on a lot of teams in the country I would have been playing? No. But like that was the situation that fit me perfectly and like – I did my best and I learned a lot and I was very green, like didn't know a ton, but it was so fun being out there and like just kind of having the guys that like around me and kind of like I talked about, like not being on that travel squad that first year really sucked. Like, so to be on it and like have those Friday night dinners and like have those, uh, you know, pregame, like be in the locker room pregame, like that was really cool for me. And like that experience was so fun that it made going out there like, like easy in, in a way. Uh, I think the other thing was like, I messed up a lot. Like I was new. And so that also helped me learn, like you can't dwell on the past. Like you just got to keep going because, um, it, it, it does, you no good. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, 
the the way you hop in there is a, a fairy tale yeah, Tom Brady exactly. story. No, right? it is. With, yeah, with the injury, but I'm glad that worked out for you yeah. in a way. And just to retouch on the points that you were making, the first point that you made in the speech is a Q-tip point. Yeah, that's personal. Yeah. The second on building your own pyramid, that's more like external, right? Yeah. Like as what you're giving off to everybody else. Yeah. How is that? leadership role for you because you're the new guy but you're also a sophomore and there's freshmen yeah. that probably need you so what yeah. role did you play there i felt like i kind of had to play a little bit of like a bridge role between um you know the senior leaders and the young freshmen so like i tried to be almost like the good cop in a way like if they were getting on them and they're maybe confused they you know they haven't been in the culture very long like i could be the guy that they could be like hey like matthew like what does this mean? Or like, what do I do here? Can I get some advice? And I'm not saying by any means I was perfect in that role, but I tried to be kind of like, Hey, like I got you, whatever you need. Like I know these older guys, like they're not, they're not necessarily going to come down on me hard. Like they might come down on you hard just cause you're new. So I wanted to be that bridge, that bridge, uh, uh, leader that could kind of help them along, but not step on the toes too much of like the guys, um, that were like really making, you know, the vocal stuff happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. And with the leadership, uh, council or mm -hmm. is that what you yeah, call it? Uh, committee council. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what do you guys do specifically? I know you said you have meetings with the yeah. coach. It's about 10 of you. How yeah. many people are on the roster? Uh, there's a little over a hundred, like one, usually like 110 during a season, like 105. Okay. Um, and really we just kind of, he just goes around and like, it's like, do you, can I support you in any way? What do you think the team needs? Are there any guys that, like, we need to encourage uh, or, like, are struggling? Um, so it can kind of be, like, a place where you just voice, like, what you think the, the pulse of the team is. Um, and, you know, we also make, like, fun decisions. Like, hey, like, you know, what, what do you guys want to eat in the cafeteria? Or, like, uh, what do you guys think about? you know, our uniforms. So like, there's like that aspect of it, but most of it is geared toward like, Hey, is everything good with the team? How can I help as the head or coach Wilcox is saying, how can I help and how can we support each other in, in helping? That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Especially cause you have that relationship with coach Wilcox, um, in soccer, at least like we have a head coach, assistant coach, volunteer assistant yeah. coach, goalkeeper coach, that's four. Yeah. And there's like 26 to 28 guys on the team. Yeah. So we have pretty good relationships, yeah. but when you have 105, 110 players yeah. and a coach for every position and so many people around there just helping out and managers and things like yeah. that, I feel like it could be difficult to, like, do you even know, like, everyone on your team quite well? Because that's why you were mentioning yeah. the names, right? Yeah, it's tough. Um I mean, you're not going to know everyone super well. So it's, like, really key, like, when you get in those moments of, like, all right, I'm sitting next to a guy, like, I know I know his name, but I don't really know much about him. Like, strike up a conversation. Like, uh, there's times in the meal rooms where, you know, you have a choice where you could sit. You can sit with your buddies or sit in a group that's maybe new. Maybe you choose to sit in that new group every once in a while. Just so you can kind of talk to guys and, and kind of see what their personality is like. You may not know their whole story which you're not going to like, you don't, there's not enough, uh, you know, time in the day to do that. But, uh, just to get to know someone enough, I try to, my kind of goal is that I want to know someone well enough that if they need something, they could come to me. And so like, I don't need to know every detail of their life, 
But if if they feel comfortable with me enough to like, they're like, oh shoot, like I need this help for getting into Haas, or I need this help on my math test, or I need this help talking to what I'm going to say to my coach about playing time. Like I want them to be comfortable enough to come talk to me. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome that that's your mentality because I can't imagine with so many teammates and especially how divided you guys are amongst your positions. Like I'm sure, I mean, obviously your quarterback, the offensive line, like yeah. you're fine with them. But yeah. then you, you have different positions, the guys on defense, et cetera, right? Like, yeah. It's tough. I think uh, you become closest with the guys you come in with, so your recruiting class, and then your position group. Yeah. It's typically like the guys that you – um, really gravitate towards. And then, obviously, guys on the same side of the ball helps too. Um, uh, or, like, offensive line, we go against the defensive line a lot, so you get to know some of those guys. But it's hard. Like, we've talked about having, you know, trying to have, like, a barbecue with the offensive linemen and the defensive backs. Like, those are – it's just two groups that are almost, like, polar opposite of the team. You know, we got the skill guys, like, quick, fast. They're working on – you know, speed all the time, and then you got the big guys working on power, strength, on the offensive side of the ball. So it's hard, and I think the more a team can come together and, like, um, know each other, the better. And um, it's hard to do, but you really have to it, – it's a skill. You have to work at it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is important. And to your point of socializing and how much of a skill it is, it is networking in a way yeah. because it's so For many sure. people. Um, after that season – you're probably looking to improve. You're becoming a veteran yeah. now on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, year two or, or second season is yeah. coming to an end. Uh, like you said, you messed up a lot, but you got yeah. playing time. You were starting. Everything yeah. was Good. better. Yeah. And then what, what changed everybody's lives comes in yeah. uh, in that spring. How does that impact Cal football? Because I think that it's important to point out that there's a huge difference between you and every other guest I've had on yeah. here, which has been post-COVID, but we were all impacted in a very drastic way. Football is obviously the most important sport and team on campus. So how were you guys impacted? Did you stay in Berkeley? Did you go yeah. back home? What happened? So when it hit, it was during our fall camp, or spring ball, sorry, spring ball. And um, so we, we had four practices in, then we headed home. And it was like, all right, two weeks, as, as everyone thought, two weeks and we're back and we'll get back into it. Um, obviously it didn't happen. So we were just meeting on Zoom. And there's only so much you can learn watching film. Uh, we have this term called, like, if you watch too much film, you're, you're, uh, you're seeing ghosts. <clears throat> so it's like you're seeing things that aren't even there anymore. And, um, and so everyone kind of got fatigued by that. And so then uh, I think mid-June, July rolls around, and they're like, okay, we're coming back. We're doing workouts. So we're doing these workouts on the field. They brought all the weights out to the field. We're running with mass, and that is, like, that is – one of the toughest, toughest things you have to do. I mean, I'm a big sweater, so I'm basically waterboarding myself uh, while I run. And it was tough. Um, and actually, it was really tough because that was a spring that I really thought, like, was going to excel my technique and, like, my skill. Because I thought, okay, you know, I got to play all this time. Now I, like, can take what I learned. You know, I had 14, 13 games on my belt and, like, really apply it. And so I that kind of lost that, which really stunk. Our, also, our coach retired from this, that, that 2019 season. So I had a brand new coach. So I, like, I'm trying to, I'm at home, like, trying to work on the, like, few things I picked up from the four practices we had. And that was really tough. And then fall camp rolls around, or, sorry, season was canceled. And then 
Obviously, like, everyone's freaking out. Guys are transferring, whatever. Come to find out two weeks later, okay, it's not really canceled. We're back. So we get in there. We get back, and we're, like, doing our fall camp in, like, whatever that was, uh, October. Getting ready for, like, an abbreviated November-December season. And then I'm kind of realizing, okay, some of these guys are back from injury. Like, I might not start. And so I'm competing. I'm trying to get in, and we have brand new coach. I'm like trying to make you know a little bit of a, a impression on him. And first game rolls around, he's like, "You're gonna be our sixth guy. You're gonna rotate in." I was like, "Whoa!" Like I thought I was a starter now. Like I thought I was like you said. Like I thought I was a veteran. Um, he's like, "Don't worry. Like we see you as a starter. We have six guys. We all think we could start. You just kind of got the short end of the stick. Like you'll be in." So that first game rolls around, and like. We're, we're not doing well. We're playing UCLA. We're at UCLA. It's hot. Like, team just kind of come at, came out a little flat. It was at 8 in the morning on a Sunday. It was bizarre. And and then, like, first quarter rolls around. He, he told me, he's like, you're going to probably rotate in third possession. Okay, third possession comes in. I'm not in. Fourth, not in. We're not really rolling on offense. And then end of second quarter comes. He's like, all right, you're in. So I go in there for, like, one drive, and then I was back out. Halftime rolls around, same thing, kind of not, not, not in, thrown in a couple times, out, and I'm like, whoa, like, this is, this is different, like, can I trust this guy, like, what's going on, like, I thought it was a veteran. Next game rolls around, one of our starters gets COVID, and I'm like, whoa, like, this is, I don't know what happened, I don't know what, like, fate had for this, but, like, was thrown in there, and then ever since, I just, I've had, I've, kind of taken it and run with it and that coach is now coach angus he's one of my favorite coaches i've ever had he's an awesome guy and i think that like even though it was a short-lived experience of like hey like you're not the starter anymore it was good for me to kind of reignite that fire that i thought like i kind of had from my freshman spring of like hey you're gonna be the dude now i needed that fire relit in like a different way of like okay like you can't just have the spot and then it's always your spot. Like you gotta, you gotta keep battling for it. And like, you can't just expect it to be yours anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you pay the, the lease for that spot, but then you have to continue paying the rent every single day. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's an awesome story. A little Tom Brady fairy tale yeah, part two. I know. Seriously. But that's, that's great that it worked out for you. But even under that short spell, have you changed your approach to, to things now and not taking it for granted as a veteran? Yeah, I think now, like, so that year especially I did, and then even going into the next year. And then once you get to a point where you're like, okay, like, I feel solidified now, then it's it's almost like you have to really work on the small things. Like, there's a lot of, like, the big things I, I have down, like, a lot of the drills that we do at the beginning to kind of warm up, like, okay, I've done this a million times, like, I got these down. Now it's, like, really perfecting your craft and, like, really working to get better at those small things that you are affecting your your game and, like, that can make you way better because there's a point where, you, you like you said, you always need to, like, keep doing well and keep improving. But there's a point where you're like, okay, like, I know what my worst day is going to be and I know that worst day is probably not going to lose me my starting spot. But now it's like, especially like if you have dreams of playing at the next level, it's like, okay, now I got to really ramp it up to like improve those little things to be like first team guy, like a all Pac-12 guy, all American type guy. So it becomes like a little bit of a different motivation of, 
okay, I'm this like kind of, like I said, bridge leader. I'm working my way to like just having that starting spot at all times to then being like, okay, I have to be that guy again. Like going back to kind of like my senior year of high school, like I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that like people look to to be like, okay, when we need a play, like he'll make it. Um, and then that's where you really need that detail and focus on like the small things that really matter. Interesting. So the way I'm interpreting this, there's three phases, right? The yeah. first one, you're chasing after someone. Yep. The second one, you're trying to push that person behind yeah. you away. And then the third one, you're solidified and you're just looking ahead and it's yeah. right prepping for that. Exactly. Yeah. And during those phases, uh, at first you're getting used to things and the second part you're working on the generalized things yeah and then you is when you start focusing on details yeah exactly interesting yeah and so like i have a really good like i mentioned mike safel he's really technically like he's one of the best coaches i've ever had and and so like we work a lot on just like hey like you're it'll be something as simple as like hey your your left foot like isn't producing enough energy out of the ground like it's like it's crazy like those small details but that's what's going to, like, really separate you. And I've always said, like, like, do I have goals of playing, you know, next level? Like, of course. But I just want to be the best college player I can be. Like, I want to take this opportunity and, like, make the most of it. And so, like, those are the small things where it's, like, those are that's making the most of it. Because at this point, like, I've got the basics down. Like, I know how to play offensive line. But, like, how do you become, like, an elite offensive lineman? That, like, that's what I strive for. That's so sick. Yeah, that's a, that's a great perspective to have. And while that fire is lit under your yeah. ass again, in a way, um, is it a reminder of what you've experienced previously? Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely, like, have moments where you're like, wow, I've come really far. Kind of like I mentioned, like, watching the old film with that freshman, like, I've, I've realized how far I've come. And, like, it's cool because you know how much you've gotten better. And you're like, okay, why can't I do that again? I went from, you know... 50% of my potential to 75. Now let's try to make that 75 to 90 to 100, you know? So it's like, I've seen, I've seen myself progress in years. Like, I can't let myself just stay stagnant. Like, let me just try to keep progressing in that same, at that same rate that I did from my freshman year to my junior year. Yeah. And obviously it's very hard to do so, yeah. right? Like you, you have exponential growth more towards that 50 yep. to 75 range. And then once you start perfecting, you'll get to a 90, a yeah. 95 sort of thing. But in terms of leadership, how is that like? Because I think that once you taste success, you can forget about what it was like to be in those yeah. shoes of everybody else that isn't traveling, that isn't playing, that isn't getting playing time. As a leader, was that a reminder of like, hey, I have to be there for those guys as well? Like being the leader you once had or, or wished yeah. you had? Yeah, for sure. I think a really important uh, thing to do to kind of remind you is like, just like talk to those young guys. Like the more you talk to them and the more you understand how they're feeling, the more you'd be like, oh yeah, I felt that. Like that's what reminds you. Like if you just, if you kind of keep your distance and then like, one day you're like, I'm going to try to impart some wisdom on them. Like, that doesn't work because, like, they might not be in the exact situation that you are. But, like, if you talk to them, you can start to see where their head's at. And then that's where you kind of use your um, past, you know, your past learning experiences to then help them. And, like, that's how that that's how you'll do a better job of being, like, a personalized leader in a, in a way. Like, you're personalizing what you're saying to their needs. And, like, that's super important. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and throughout that time outside of football, some sort of a successful season, yeah. you guys played a few games, managed to, to make yeah. it work. 
Um, but outside of that, you had mentioned that's when you got more involved with AIA. Yeah. Um, you were, you got, I mean, throughout that time you applied to Haas, you got into Haas, you mm-hmm. got involved in Haas. Um, so outside of life, obviously, I mean, it's very restricted due to COVID. Yeah. But things are going well for you. Mm-hmm. What leader are you for, for everyone else that's not on football? I think, um, I think kind of, again, I, I try to be a leader by example, like, um, you know, for athletes in action got, got added to the core team, which is similar to the leadership committee. It's like 10 of us and, um, just kind of help make, make things go smoothly, set up the meetings, that kind of deal. Um, and so then like when you're put in that leadership position, especially one that's like, you know, you're promoting, you know, your beliefs, like I'm a Christian, like this, there's a, there's a way I'm supposed to like that Jesus calls us to live. So you be your leader leadership through action becomes super important, right? Like where are people seeing you? Like how, like, what are you like when people are seeing you? Um, you know, um, are you doing things for others? Are you, are you ego, you know, are you being egotistical? Like it becomes really important because you're representing something so much greater than yourself. You have to be, you want to represent that like in the best way possible. So that, that really changed my perspective. I'm like, okay, like, Obviously, you know, obviously there would be times where I mess up, no doubt. But, like, I have to set this standard for myself and I have to keep striving for it because, like I said, I'm representing a group that believes in so much more than just, you know, individuals, you know, and on earth. Like, there's something there's something greater. So that becomes super important leading by example. Uh, I think, like, in the classroom, uh, it's a little bit different. I think in the classroom, I just try to be... <laughs> I just, I, I am not afraid at all to raise my hand and say things. And I think that, I don't know what type of leadership that is, but I just love, you know, if I have something on my mind, just saying it. And I think that, um, like we were actually just in a group meeting and the, the girl, one of the girls was like, do you mind starting? Cause like you have great command of the room. Like you, when you talk, like you have command. And I was like, Whoa, like that's a huge compliment to me. Like that was like her saying that she probably didn't even mean it to like compliment me and make my day, but like it really did make my day. And so like doing things like that, just speaking up, talking to the people in class, like when you have a breakout session, like being like, all right, what do you guys think? Instead of like having those awkward, like, uh, like, what do I say? Like, that's what I try to do in those classrooms. And hopefully that leadership style is just like, it encourages others to speak up and like really dive into what they're learning. Yeah, and I, I see that a lot with student athletes in general and just yeah, group projects for sure. here in Berkeley, right? Because uh, this campus does have a lot of smart people, but some are very nerdy. And yeah. with student athletes, we're just naturally a bit more open and have mm-hmm. those leadership moments. So it does make sense. But even at the leadership showcase, like you did take the room by your command, you know, when you did present. And that was very powerful. You you caught everyone's attention. I know my teammates were, were definitely paying a lot of attention to what you were saying. Um, but with another thing that you mentioned that the power of a compliment, you know, it yeah. happened to me yesterday as well. And it's happened over the past few days, which is very nice, but yeah. some people don't understand the power that their words have. And maybe oh, they yeah. didn't even mean it that way, but the way that we interpret it is just so powerful yeah. and it, it's so impactful. And I don't know, it's just nice to, to get those. And that's exactly talking, going back to that, like older guy, young guy relationship. Like, if you see a guy have a good practice, like, hey, man, that was, like, you're really improving. That was a really good practice. Like, that means something to them. And, like, I got told that. And I remember being like, okay, like, wow, like, maybe I did make a step today. 
And even if there would be some times where I'm like, I don't know how this guy's practice went, but I know that he needs it right now. Like, I know he needs to hear that, like, he's doing well and he's working hard. So, like, I just say it. Like, even maybe that might be a little disingenuous, but, like, just kind of having that understanding of, like, all right, these guys really take your opinion, like, and they really hold it strong to them. Like, giving those compliments is huge. Yeah, it's especially as a leader, what you yeah. were mentioning, it is very powerful. Yeah. Uh, going back to what you were mentioning with your faith, how much of a role does your faith play in your leadership? I think it plays a huge role. Um, I talked about it in my leadership committee, but like in the Bible, it says like, if your gift is to lead, like do it diligently. And uh, I feel like leadership is something that comes pretty easy to me. Um, and so like, I just try to do it in the best way possible, like do it with care and, and detail. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think um, obviously, you know, my relationship with God and Jesus is like, I I want to do the best for them. And like, I, like we talk about a lot in Athletes in Action, like how do you um, represent Jesus through your sport? And for me, it's that leadership piece, like that I'm a light to others on the team that they're like, hey, maybe something's a little bit different about this guy. Like, I'm interested in that. And so in that way, I think that's where my faith really comes into play with leadership is like being being this like guy that acts a little bit differently than everyone. And they, that's something attractive to others. And then in that way, they want to know like what that is about me. Yeah, yeah, that, that's very powerful. Um, I mean, I've been to AA a yeah. few times. I was raised in, in Catholic schools and things like that. So I, I've studied the Bible a lot and... More recently, I've like had a weird relationship just mm-hmm. with my own personal faith, God and, and Jesus and etc. Um, everybody has their own relationships and I fully respect it. But one of the things that I love is that regardless of my relationship, the Bible to me is gold. Like yeah. that, that New Testament yeah. is insane. Like t- take it as you want it, right? But just reading it and interpreting what it means, what like yeah. whoever's watching or listening whether you believe in it or not, what you can learn from Jesus and apply in your own life, like what would Jesus do and the servant leadership that he had? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And to see you apply that in your sport, I think that I would recommend it to yeah. anyone. Like, Yeah, I think I have a little bias, but I think it's uh, it's better than any motivational book you could find out there. By far, yeah. honestly. Like, again, Old Testament is great, yeah. but the New Testament is just so powerful. And I, I would really recommend John C. Maxwell. I think you'd okay. like him. Yeah, uh, he I'll is, take I believe he is a Christian as well. Um, and he he does mention uh, Jesus and his servant leadership and mm-hmm. the sense of belonging and in a way inclusivity that he has for, for everyone on yeah. his team. You know, it is very powerful. So it's great to see that you apply it in that way. I think it is important to do so and talk about studying the greats right like yeah. i think that uh the the stories that we do get and the parables especially yeah it's it's as good as it gets yeah for sure um in in terms of uh senior year which just passed right yeah. now i i'd like to get more into football um, yeah. on, in that in those terms so as we finish off this leadership piece because we did complete it right now yeah, with, yeah. with that faith piece um what's your biggest takeaway in your leadership journey so far wow i think i think the biggest thing that i've learned is how and i've kind of touched on it but like who you are day in and day out like your actions have a huge uh 
effect on how people view you. And so if you want to be a leader, like you have to come with it day in and day out and act the way you want to be perceived like every day. And like, that is like the, like you want to make the authentic you, like your leadership. I think there's, there's been issues with like, I've seen before, like guys, they're one way on the field and they're one way off it. And it affects how people see them as leaders. Like you got to try to be the same person every day to be like a strong leader. Like that's how people will really respect you. If you're that same guy day in and day out. And like, I think kind of going back to what we talked about a little bit too earlier, like, of course you're going to mess up. Of course there are going to be times where you deviate from the path. But like, if you just have the, like the mental strength, like the mental wherewithal to be like, all right, I deviated. I'm going to do my best to get back on that track. Like that's, that's as strong as you need to be for like, as a leader, like as long as you just have that goal and you're going to, you might go like this, like your path might be crazy, but like if you have a goal being up here as a leader, like, just doing the daily things that, that make you that leader are super important. Yeah, extremely important. It goes back to integrity and yeah. doing the same things even when yeah. no one is watching. Yeah, you know, exactly. my, my favorite example of it is still making that stop uh, when you're driving, even if nobody's yeah. watching, even if no one's around. Yeah. That, that is very powerful. Is that the piece of advice you'd give to underclassmen or incoming freshmen? Yeah, I think just consistency and details. Like, be that same person every day and... And do the little things that other people aren't willing to do. Yeah, that, that is very, very, very powerful. Yeah. A few more questions on leadership. Mm-hmm. Do you think that leadership comes naturally or that it's something you have to work on? Um, I think there are definitely natural born leaders. I think there are natural born like vocal leaders. I think there are people who like do really well, um, you know, commanding the room. People who are like very go-getters. But everyone can be a leader by example. And like that's something you can work on. Those like doing the same things every day is something you can easily work on. And um, that's where anybody can be a leader. One of the best leaders I've ever seen from my high school didn't talk very much, didn't really, you know, wasn't really a vocal guy, but just every day was working super hard, was doing all the right things, um, treated everyone what, like with respect, everyone the same way. And like in that way, everyone respected him and he was a leader. Like he wasn't born with the like, like, let's go do it kind of, you know, like vocal command. But like he just did the small things every day and like everyone respected him for it. And one of the best leaders I've ever seen. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it definitely is a hybrid. So like people are yeah. born with it, but you also have to work on it. Yeah. Even if you are born with it. Right? Even yeah. yeah, even if you are born with it, if you just kind of take it for granted, like people will pass you up. Yeah, for sure. And last question on leadership. What is your biggest fear as a leader? I think my biggest fear is being disingenuous, like being two-faced. Like I don't want anybody to ever think that like my leadership like at football or like on the field is like different from who I am off of it. Like like I said, like I it kind of goes back to like my biggest piece of advice, like be that same leader every day. Um, I think when people see someone as two faced, they don't really care about, like, they don't really care about their opinion. They kind of, kind of like, you know, like that's not really you. And so to be that, uh, that authentic leaders is, is super important. And yeah, that, that would be my biggest fear. That's awesome. That's awesome. And now to move in a, a bit more football technical yeah. things. 
I don't know too much about the sport, in all honesty. I, I mean, obviously, yeah. I have watched it, but in yeah. technical terms and stuff, yeah. I'm, I'm not too familiar with it. But I did a bit of, of my all research, right. so, so we'll see how it goes. But like I said, you are the first football player I do have on here. And I think that you guys are a completely different breed in terms of the attention you get and how much time you spend per week yeah. doing what you do, right? So take me through what a day in your normal life as a D1 football player yeah. looks like. You spend 20 to 30 hours a week yeah. doing all sorts of things. So what does that look like? All right, I'll give you an in-season day. Um, those are probably the the ones people are interested in. Um so you, you wake up, we have it, and I actually really like our schedule. We don't do morning, like, practices, which uh, for a guy who's, who needs to keep my weight up, like, it's nice to sleep in until 7.30. Um, wake up at 7.30, go get myself uh, a big breakfast. Uh, one of my favorites is Cafe Blue Door. You get two egg sausage uh, on an English muffin for eight bucks. Good deal. Uh, so get that a lot of times. Um, head to class, so usually like, you know, block of like two, three hour class in the middle of the day. And then workouts will usually start around like 1231. You work out for like 45 minutes. Then you're going in and you're doing a, you know, half hour pre-film session with coach, especially as a center. Like I have to know, I'm kind of, they call my, like, they call the position like the quarterback of the offensive line. So like, you're kind of directing guys, so you have to know a little bit extra. So you're watching a little bit extra film, maybe like 20, 30 minutes before everything starts. Grab lunch. Uh, probably takes you a half, half hour to, just to get ready. Taping, um, you know, putting on all the gear. And then you're watching film with your position group, probably 2.30 to 4, so another hour and a half. Then you're going out and practicing for two hours. And then you're coming back in, showering, eating dinner, doing what you need to do, uh, like in the rehab or anything like that, that, and then you're going, if you need to watch a little extra film, I usually like to watch two to three full games of my opponent. So like during the week, uh, two of those nights I'll stay in and watch another like half hour to an hour. Um, and then you go home, do homework if you need to, uh, you know, if you can get to bed early, great. Um, if I have a night where I have athletes in action, I'll go for the hour, hour, hour and a half meeting and then head, uh, head to bed and then do it all over again. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting that you don't have morning workouts. Yeah. Why do you think that is? So our coach, so our previous strength coach was actually like a 6am guy. Like you were up and you were early and it, it sucked. But this new strength coach, he's really, he really values sleep. He thinks and it's obviously proven like sleep is huge for performance. Um, and especially for guys who need to gain weight, like sleep helps you keep your weight, maintain it, and even gain weight if you need to. So he's all about like for big guys, like we don't start anything earlier than uh, 7.30. And that's, that's across the team actually, like off season, like we don't start anything earlier than 7.30. So that, that was like a huge switch and like, it was really nice because – um, I'm kind of more of a night owl, I would say like I get my, I'm not super late, but like I do my best work between eight and 10. And so I liked having that ability to kind of do my work later at night and then still be able to get my full eight hours. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you how many hours do you get per night? Yeah. I need eight. Like if I'm less than eight, like I'm feeling a little woozy the next day. So, um, usually try to, usually I'm around like 10 30 to 11 wake up around 7 to 7.30. Awesome. And you mentioned weight a few times right now. Yeah. 
what does the diet look like? So I'm a big, I'm a, I go off feel. Um, I'm not someone who's like a counter, a calorie counter. So I say I need to eat every like three hours, whether I would, you know, you like three big meals in a day. And then usually where you can get caught up is like, okay, I do a breakfast, I do a early lunch, and then I need something in between lunch and dinner. So you get some sort of snack, whether that be like PB&J with trail mix or, you know, um, you know, fig bar and um, some chips or goldfish, something in there to kind of keep you going. And then big dinner and then something before you go to bed. And that's the biggest key for gaining weight is something before you go to bed. Um, Because if you don't, that that fast is going to be way too long between dinner and breakfast. I think that is definitely the key difference between yeah. you and me because I'm the complete opposite. I'm on calorie deficit, which is so hard for me, yeah. honestly. But personally, if I don't do it, I just gain more weight than I than I need. Yeah. Um, just naturally how my body works. So mm-hmm. now it's like eating dinner and allowing time to pass before going to bed, before going to sleep, yeah. um, which I used to never do. Yeah. But like, what time do you intake whatever that snack looks like before going to bed yeah um just depends on the day usually i try to do it like a half hour before wow uh, i go to bed uh even sometimes like i'm like all right gotta eat i'll eat my pb and j or whatever then immediately brush my teeth and go to bed so it's like choosy right there um i think the tough part is like i gained a lot of weight really fast when i was a freshman and like I wasn't very, I wasn't a very good, I was like, I think I got up to 300. I wasn't a very good 300. And so now it's been much better because like I kind of suffered through getting there and then now I can kind of maintain it and like try to build my body back to like a better, uh, you know, muscle percentage and and all that. You got a a bit of the freshman 15 going. Yeah, I had a freshman 15 for sure. Too many Gatorade shakes from the the, uh, weight room. I think that happens to everyone freshman year. Um, Last question. I'm a bit nerdy on on this topic and and those details. What about hydration for you? Yeah, uh, I carry around a big Yeti. um, And, man, I just just keep filling it up. And I just keep drinking. And if I'm ever thirsty, something's wrong. Like, I just don't want to ever feel thirsty. And that's kind of my goal. And uh, I don't really have, like, a specific, like, I'm not a big guy on, like, specifics. I'm more way more of a feel guy. Um, and so that's just how I've always operated. So, like, if I feel like I didn't have enough water that day, I'm like, all right, tomorrow i got to up, up it. I don't even know how many I had, but I did, if I didn't finish, you know, if I feel thirsty or I feel like I have a headache, like, I know I did something wrong. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't go off of feel because of yeah. by nat- naturally by my feel, I would go against the deficit. So yeah. that's awesome that you yeah. get to, to do that. Yeah. You just described your day a lot of things going into yeah. it. It's very hard. It's very long. I'm sure it gets very repetitive. Mm-hmm. What do you do to keep it fun, to keep it new? I saw that yeah. in an interview uh, during fall camp. You you mentioned, or summer camp, I don't, I don't yeah, know what it is, but the crop top and the goatees. Yeah. Um, obviously, oh, wow. it's a long time that you're there. So what do you guys do to keep it alive? Yeah, no, exactly that. Like, just any way we can have some fun like we do. So, like, my freshman year was... Crocs and Hawaiian t-shirts. My sophomore year it was, um, oh, what do we do? Overalls. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we did crop tops this year. Um, so just like things to keep it fun and light around the building. Um, you're right. It does get repetitive. Um, and I'm someone who like, I like routine, but I also like to switch things up. Like if I've been, 
if my routine was, you know, to get Chipotle, like maybe I switch it up a few times and get some, something different for lunch. Or, um, you know, if I was watching, if I had this certain block kind of like to watch TV, maybe I switch it one day and like, okay, I'm going to do my homework later tonight. Cause you know, during this, during the day, I'm a little, I feel like, uh, I just need a break. And so I think like small, just shifts in your day or like small things you can do week to week that don't like disrupt your routine, but just like small like small shifts kind of spice it up a little bit and like make uh your day your life a little bit more fun my follow-up question was going to be does it ever feel like a job so do you think that shift in routine helps you stay away from yeah i mean there's definitely times i think i think guys who say like oh it's like a job like if you have that mentality obviously you're going to think it's like a job but like if you go in there and you're just like like what else, I mean, for a lot of, like, for a lot of us, like, what else would you love to be spending time on? Like, there's times where it gets to be a lot, and it does, it does feel like a lot, but, you know, there's, like you said, like, you could be a student studying in a library for that that same amount of time, like, you can, you can have a lot of fun, and, like, you got to just think about, um, and every past player always comes in as, like, these are the best times of your life, like, these are so fun, so you just kind of, remembering that, like, how much fun you're having, and, like, that the, like going out and working a job is not nearly as fun as playing football. Like if you have that in the back of your head, like it's going to make it much less feel like a job. Yeah, for sure. And and with such a busy schedule, especially in season, how do you balance that out with academics? Like you, you've yeah. done a great job doing so. Um, you've had the highest GPA award on your team. You're in the business school. Um, you just received another award yeah. with, with that, like the Jake uh, Gimbler award. Yeah. yeah, for for the Golden Bear Spirit or the uh, Frank Schlesinger. Is that Schlesinger? Yeah. Okay. Uh, coaches award for balance in academics and athletics. Like you're yeah. doing things very well. How do you find that balance? Does it come naturally after so many years of yeah. experience, or is it still that grind? Yeah, I mean, it, it comes somewhat naturally to me. Um, I think I'm just like a fairly good time manager. Like I know when I need to do things. I think the biggest thing, two easy things you can do to be successful in class, super easy. If you go to class, if you can go to every lecture that you can and you turn in every assignment, like you're going to do fairly well in the class. In doing that, I always say like, I don't have to study as much during finals because I did all my studying by going to every class. Like they got a lot of the people I see struggle you know, they're like, oh, this class is super easy. Like, I don't need to go every week. And it's like, well, those then like when you then you have to play catch up when like a, an assignment's due or a paper's due. So if you just go to class and turn in every assignment, like it'll make your life way easier and it'll make getting good grades way easier. And it sounds so simple, but yeah, not everybody's yeah, doing hard, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what advice would you give in terms of time management? I think, okay, I, I'm a weird guy in terms of like, I don't keep a planner. I don't like really keep like a checklist of anything. I just am able to kind of keep it in my head and I don't know why I can do that. And it's against, it's against all like recommendations by anybody. So I don't know if anybody should take that advice. Um, but I think I just am pretty good with like knowing what I need to do and like doing it. I'm not a procrastinator in terms of like, I don't wait till like the very last minute, but like, I just know how long I need to do, like, things usually take me after a lot of practice. Like, okay, I know how long a six-page paper is going to take me. I know how long, like, this uh, case study is going to take me. So I kind of plan out, like, okay, I can start this two days before it's due. And then I'm just pretty strict on myself, like, all right, I got to start it tonight. 
and like I, it's it it sounds pretty simple, but uh, I guess it's just something I've, I'm kind of able to do. It is, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, in terms of a season in and of itself, yeah. in a way, it's your first normal season, right? Because yeah. freshman year, redshirted. Yeah. Sophomore year, a bit iffy, yeah. right? Junior year, COVID. Mm-hmm. This season, fine, yeah. things are finally starting to work out for you. It's yeah. technically senior year, but it's your redshirt junior year. Yeah. Um, you're starting. Things are going smooth. Your leadership on the team, I'm assuming, yeah. is way better. Um, how was that for you guys? I know there were a few COVID outbreaks as well that were shifting things in season. I know that you were at center and then at right guard yeah. and, and things like that. So how was that utility in, in a way for, for you and the team? I think, um, you know, we've gone through a lot as a team with COVID. And like you said, since I've been here, there hasn't been a year that's been like fully like spring and fall through camp, like all in summer, like fully normal for me, like in actually getting to play. Um, and so this will be the first year that I'm starting at the same, most likely I'm starting at the same spot um, as the previous year and like having a full off season going into it. So like, I really feel like this is the year that like I can really take off and I've had to worry about so many other things or like so many other barriers have been like coming up in other years but like this is a year like I talked about like I can really lock in on those small things that I really need to get better um and like this summer I'm not taking an internship like I'm like locked in like hey like this is all about football this summer and um and so that's it, it excites me because like I've never really had that before um and so I'm really excited just to like f- focus in on those small things and just like try to reach that full potential that I've always had those like small barriers, like to try to pass by before I can get back on track to like reaching that. That's awesome. That's awesome that you get that opportunity because I mean, at least for me, the way I see it is my class has never experienced it, but you haven't either like with that specific experience. So that's awesome that you finally get that opportunity. You're doing your, I mean, you're graduating later on this week or next week. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah, there you go. Saturday and Monday, you know, you got the big one and then you got the the school, specific school ones. Well, there you go. In in a few days, you'll be graduating Mm -hmm. is the point. Um, You're going to be a fifth year. You'll be studying a a master's, which, I mean, leaving here with a master's and and a good degree as well is going to be amazing on top of football. But with you being so focused on that, what's your next goal moving forward? What do you have in mind? Yeah, um... I think my my next goal for sure is, like I said earlier, like become the best football player I can become this next year. Um, and then just in the future, just keep finding things I love to do. Like that's, I love to play football. Like I love, I love this, you know, the school, the atmosphere. Like I, I, I wake up and, you know, there's days where you're, you know, you're like not into it, but like most days I wake up, like I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Like this is, this is an awesome place, like the position I'm in. So like if, if I can just keep finding things that like I love and I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, you know, like I'm grateful for this. Like I'm, I, there's not like a lot of people would love to be in my position that would make me super happy. And I think that's where I want to be. And like, that's what I want to do is just things that make me that things that I love. That's powerful and very important to take in. Yeah. Um, I usually leave this question towards the end, but tying it in right yeah. now, what's your definition of success? Who I think, Success is really just doing everything you can 
to achieve a certain goal. It doesn't matter about the outcome. It's just like, did I put my best foot forward every day to try to achieve this goal? And if you did, like, you can't worry about the outcome. And, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are just bigger, faster, stronger, smarter um, than you naturally. Like, but if you put the best effort you could to, like, achieve what you wanted to, like, that's, that's success. Exactly. You control the effort, not the results. Yeah. And, and that's all there is. And it's very important because, I mean, I saw in an interview that, well, like you mentioned, you're 6'4", yeah. uh, 295, but you're going up against guys that are over 330. Yeah. And that's insane. Like, I can't even yeah. imagine that, right? That's, that's 40 pounds, like 35, yeah. 40 pounds of a, of a difference, which is crazy. Um, and it's preparing for yeah. that with that effort. And I'm sure it has to do with the faster, uh, faster, stronger, yeah. bigger guys. Sort of yeah, thing. for sure. Um, in terms of moving forward, obviously there's, there's a new quarterback. There's mm-hmm. a few different changes in, in the O-line. What, what are you expecting out of the team? Do you, do you set expectations or you yeah. just be in the moment? Yeah, I think, uh, so I actually got interviewed the other day, and the guy was asking me, like, what, how is Cal going to get back to the Rose Bowl? Like, we haven't been since, like, the 50s, I think. And I said, we're going to – it's not about the point differential. It's about the fun differential. Like, if we have the most fun, like, if we're just going out there and playing loose, like, we will win games and we will do well. Um, I think the cool thing about this group is in the – like, the past two teams have been very veteran-led, like, very old – and sometimes, like, things get stale for those guys. Like, they've been in the same spot five, six years. Like, there's not much exciting about college football. But, like, we have a young team, and we have guys that are coming from other schools. Like, they're excited. Like, they're really ready to go. Like, they're fired up. They're passionate. Like, I've never seen the weight room. Like, guys are doing extra. Like, it's crazy, like, the atmosphere that we have right now. Um, and so I think that's what I'm most excited for this year is just, like, that excitement and that passion and that, like, uh, drive to, like, do something that they've never really had the opportunity to do before. Um, and so you kind of trade that off with, like, the veteran leadership um, in terms of, like, you know, Chase Garbers, like, um, who else? Like, um, Elijah Hicks, like, all those old guys who, like, had that experience. And so it's a really cool spot for me to be in because I'm like, okay, now I can be that veteran leader that, like, helps bring along these these young guys who, like, in – um, help them like take their excitement and passion and like add some of that veteran knowledge and like to combine it to be like a really a really solid team and I think too like we've never had talent like this like we're a really talented team so like with that hopefully people learn fast and can kind of get going and, and I think if they do like we'll be really good this year that's awesome I'm definitely looking forward to that because yeah. it does sound like a refreshing start yeah. in a way for you guys which I mean, again, I can relate to with our team, yeah. and, and it is important to, to have those every now and then. You mentioned that interview that you were in right now. You guys yeah. get a lot of media attention um, from all sorts of sources, mm-hmm. and I saw that you have multiple interviews yeah. now up on YouTube through Cal Athletics, Cal Football. Yeah. How is that experience like for you? Are you ever scared you're going to say the, the wrong thing, or is it the same yeah. thing as football? You just let go, and you're loose and have fun. Yeah, when I first was getting like interviewed, obviously, you are like, oh, my gosh, and like, you say all, like, the classic interview answers. You're like, oh, like, you know, my coach is the best. Like, I love my team. And, like, not that you don't, but, like, I really – I'm I my goal this year is to kind of spice up the interviews a little bit, try to not keep it boring and just, like, go out there and, like like you said, like, have fun with it and, like, uh, you know, not 
not have to say all the by the book answers and not that I would say anything bad or like wrong, but just have fun with it. And I think in that way, like it kind of loosens the pressure maybe a little bit, like you're not taking it so seriously. Like, and, and you start to realize like these guys have no idea what they're talking about in a lot of ways. Like you'll see like your, someone's mom will sound like, Oh my gosh, like so-and-so starting now. It's like, no, like this guy just like this guy doesn't really know what's going on in the team. So if once you realize like, these guys are, you know, they don't know really much. Like, they're just here to put stuff, you know, on the internet for their fans, which they should. Like, that's a great, that's a cool job and a cool career. But just have fun with it. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did see some questions that, like I said, I'm not going to pretend yeah. like I know football, but I was like, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they ask. They're good dudes, and, and you know, I'm sure they – they come all, they have to, they want content for their website and, um, you know, they, they have to ask a lot of questions to get to the good stuff. So I respect it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely part, part of the game. And yeah, in a way that's kind of what I'm doing right now, yeah. but it's a bit different. No, this is, this I, has been awesome. Uh, well, I'm glad you, you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Awesome. Um, I know you have a study session coming <laughs> up as well. Um, but is there anything we missed? Anything you want to touch on? No, I think that was pretty good. I think um, that was that was really fun. I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's cool to talk about my leadership journey. You don't get to do it all the time, so I appreciate that. Thanks for, for trusting this, accepting the invitation, yeah. and sharing your story, because I do think it is very powerful, and it's awesome to get to know this, yeah. this side of you, which I really, really appreciate. Your speech was awesome. I'm Thank kind you. of bummed that it's not online yet. It just It's coming up soon. They, soon. Just, they just sent a... Uh, the preview of what it what it's gonna look like. So it, it looked like it turned out well. It'll be in the description um, of wherever this episode is. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. I I hope we can all check it out. I'll be watching it again for for sure. So awesome. Excited for that. Excited for your upcoming season and everything you have going on. Congrats on graduating and thank you. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you awesome. so much. To everyone that watched on YouTube or listened on Spotify, thank you so much. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, please follow the podcast. That's it for today. I'll see you guys next time. Sweet. That's, That's awesome. it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, yeah, I, it like I said, I was going more for the conversation side, and I loved it. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. No, it was good. That was... You had some good questions. You get some good research. Got, got to do what I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>